tonight as we were worshiping, and I just began to, to weep, and I'm not a weeper. I don't really cry. You have to kind of be tough in Inglewood. But as I was worshiping, and it's just amazing how God will speak into us. And as I was worshiping, the Lord just began just to speak to my heart. But this church is going to be an awesome church. Not because you guys do cool things, but because of your hearts to reach the lost in the city. And I believe that a church that just doesn't talk about it, but actually does it. That God shows up in those churches in a powerful way. And sometimes you don't know who you're impacting. You don't know who you're, who God is using you so that their life will be changed. But God is using Oasis. And Pastor JP and Rachel, thank you for allowing me to come. Thank you for sowing into the ministry year after year. Olivet sends students every year for the last three years to our church to minister inside the public schools. But what you guys have sold, you're talking about big mansion. I'm saying, God, give them a mansion. Give them a mansion because of you. Churches like us, you give us the strength and the endurance to do what we need to do. Amen? So I just want to thank you for that. Amen? And God is kind of messing me up because he usually does that. Um, before I preach. But I want to thank you for the breakfast. It started out light, and then I don't know how many men we had in there, but it was, it was packed out where men just came in off the streets. Men, uh, let me tell you, these are not regular men. These are men who are addicted to alcohol and drugs. And they just came and made their way in. And sometimes God amazed me. I said, how do they remember how do they remember that we're doing these things? But they come. Because God has a plan and a purpose for their life. Amen. Tonight I'm going to speak to you about meeting God in the middle. But really meeting God in the, in the awkwardness. And I'm going to release some folks in here tonight. See, being a believer in Jesus Christ, it's, it's, some people say it's easy, but it's not really easy. It's awkward. There's an awkwardness, you know, when the Bible tells you if someone slaps you on the right cheek to turn the other one, that, that, that's awkward. Like, there's an there's awkwardness in that. But I want you to know that I am the king of awkwardness. You saw that this morning? I mean, just a while ago, I put my, and it fell on the floor. I am the king. Like, if anyone could speak to you about awkwardness, it's me. JP started speaking, and, and as you continue to go after God, God will continue to put you in positions of awkwardness. But it's in those awkward positions where you begin to meet God, and he will do amazing things in your life. Awkwardness. JP talked about being a principal. I was a principal of a school at the age of 23, pre-K to eighth grade. Over 200 students, 17 staff members, and I never went to school for education. I was a business major. I took marketing and accounting. I never taught a class in my life. My wife is actually the educator. She has her master's in it. 
God, this, this is awkward. Why are you using me when people's looking at my wife like, it's supposed to be you? How awkward. Ministering and serving people where I know it. But let me tell you how awkward it really got. The school that I was a principal of, I was a student. And that same school put me out as a student. Told my mother, don't bring him back. And a few years later, I get saved. And three years after being saved, I feel like God is speaking to my heart to be a principal of a school. Awkward, because I failed school. You guys who graduated going to college, and when I was in high school, I didn't do anything but play. I played basketball. I tried to dress nice, hung out with my friends, graduated high school with a high GPA of a 1.6. Awkward. But I made it. And the Lord began to call me to be the principal of this school. And I'm looking at my GPA and I said, how can I? This is awkward. The kids know more than I do, Jesus. But it was in the awkwardness where I heard the voice of God. Where I met God. And then after I was the principal, four years later, I'm the only person who quit job before I get another one. But I quit my job. Awkward. My pastor was put in an awkward position. He said, Charles, what are you going to be doing? I don't know. So why are you quitting in September? Because I just believe that God has something else for me to do. See, being in this middle place, there's always going to be awkwardness. And I quit my job as the principal. And the truth is that I don't want to be in ministry anymore. Because ministry is not easy. I didn't know that working with Christians was going to be a challenge. But the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to minister to the students in this city. But Lord, I was a principal for four years. My degree is in business management. I didn't even go to school for this. I didn't go to seminary. The only education I have is Sunday school. What can I share with these students who grew up in church? Awkward. I didn't even know where some of the books in the Bible were. Where is the book of Haggai? Where is Ezekiel? Awkward. But the Lord is true to his word. And then the Lord didn't want to make it more awkward. People came to me and said, we want to put you in charge of the youth department of Bronx, Manhattan, and Westchester County. I'm not even a youth pastor. I didn't go to school for this. But God continued to put me in awkward positions. And then tonight, we're gonna, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about the call to Chicago. But moving to Chicago, stepping out in faith, it sounds awesome. Man of God. Quick job. Move to the south side. Everybody praises me, but there's an awkwardness 
in not knowing how this is all going to work out. And I'm here to release some of you to say it's okay. I know the people say the God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but it's scary. See, see, it, it, to me, it's okay to be nervous and afraid, but what I always tell people, don't allow your fear to stop you from doing what God is calling you to do. But it is awkward. So tonight, we're going to be speaking about meeting God in the middle. And before, as I was prepping this message, I fly a, a, a quite a bit. And, and I don't really like flying. But when I do fly, I like to fly for as cheap as possible. So usually I fly spirit air. Yes, it's bad. Real bad. But listen, nobody else is giving you tickets for 60 bucks to go to New York. No one else but spirit air. So I'm flying spirit air for 60 bucks. But imagine... This is perfect. You have a guy sitting here and a guy sitting here. And you see me coming down the aisle. I don't care how holy you are. There's something inside of you that's saying, I hope he's not going to sit here. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm that guy. But usually... Because I don't pay the extra $10 on Spirit Air and I let them pick my seat. They usually put me in the middle. And being in the middle is an awkward place to be. Being in the middle, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of a broad guy. And Spirit Air is little. So my knees is touching the seat in front of me. My knees, so I have to spread my legs just a little bit so I could sit down. And while I'm spreading my legs to sit down, I'm usually rubbing on the leg of the man next to me. <laughs> Awkward. It's really nasty when I have shorts on and he has shorts on. That's when it really becomes awkward because I don't have hairy legs and he may have hairy legs and now it's really awkward because all I'm thinking about is the hairy legs touching my legs. But for some reason, people who have the aisle seat and the window seat are selfish. They see a big guy like me, why can't they just take their arm and put it inside their seat, but they want to put their arms on both armrests. And I can't sit like that. So I put my arm on the armrest too. But it gets awkward. Because now I have to force their elbow off the armrest. And all I need is an inch to wiggle my elbow in. And I do it on both sides until I'm victorious. But during that time, it's very, very awkward. And as we journey the in-between or in the middle, there's going to be Awkward, awkward times. Amen. So I'm sharing a similar message and we're preparing ourselves for Pentecost. And in the middle of this time of what happened after the resurrection 
to the day of Pentecost, I believe there was some awkward moments. And we're going to read some of these passages tonight. I believe that Jesus' disciples were in an awkward place, struggling with their faith. Because when you're in the middle, you're going to struggle with your faith because things happen in the middle that will cause you to begin to look at God and say, why am I here? The same disciples began to struggle with their security, hiding and running. And some of these same disciples were struggling with their position of who I am in Jesus Christ. But meeting God in the middle is where God will be able to take you to new places. Awkwardness is no stranger to God. See, what I love about Jesus is this, that we may feel awkward, but God is still able to use us in the awkwardness. We never have to worry about Jesus giving up on us. I tell you, if God was a God that quit, if he was a God that gave up, I love the scripture verse that said, God is faithful to complete that which he had begun. But in the awkwardness, Jesus will never give up on you. Throughout the Bible, God used awkward people to do amazing things. Imagine with me for a moment, Noah. Who's, who's, who's here from Moody Bible Institute? Any Moody students? Oh, you guys are like great theologians. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. But in Noah days, they said that they probably never experienced rain. And God called Noah to build an ark and told him that he's going to send rain. There's going to be a flood. I could see Noah bringing all the wood and people's walking past Noah like, what are you doing, Noah? I'm building an ark. You want to help me? No, stupid. What is an ark? Well, it's going to flood. What is Flood, what is that? But Noah had to feel awkward. God calling him to do something that nobody understands. And sometime in this journey, in the middle, God will call us to do some things that we don't even understand. But Noah built that ark. He kept pressing through. And God used him and his family. Peter, one of Jesus' core disciples, Stands up, toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jesus. I will never deny you. And on that day, the rooster crows. And Peter remembers the words of Jesus. And he runs away bitterly. Awkward. Mark. Chapter 16, verse 6 through 7. This scripture verse shows us that there is no awkwardness, no awkward moments that's too big for God. Mark 16, verse 6 through 7. I'm going to follow up with another scripture verse afterward. But it reads, don't be alarmed, he said. I just want you to know, I like that. You're making me feel real holy right now. I tell you, just, just keep that up. Yeah, just keep, whatever you're doing, keep it going. I just, I'm feeling that. Though. I'm like, you're grooving. 
Amen. Sorry, Lord, help me. But it said, don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Father, I just pray today, even as I share this word, Lord God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, even in the awkwardness, that we would meet you, Lord God, that you would give us the strength. So, Lord, I just pray that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that would obey your word. Lord, be glorified today, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So the angel speaking to the ladies. How awkward is that? An angel speaking to you. And they tell, he tells them, hey, Jesus, who you're looking for, he has risen. He is no longer here. But go and tell the disciples and Peter. He didn't forget Peter who denied him. Go tell the disciples and Peter. See, as the angels are speaking to the lady, the questions I began to ask myself is, where, where are the disciples? And we find them doing what they're comfortable doing. The Lord began to speak to my heart about, this is the condition of the human heart. When we go through a time of awkwardness, what we tend to do is go back to what we used to do. What we tend to do is go back to what makes us feel comfortable. I see it in day in and day out. Ladies in a bad relationship. And they continue to go back to that bad relationship because the new relationship or the emptiness feels awkward. But they go back to do what they're used to doing, fishing. And then John 21, 1 through 8 says this. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan of Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and the two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus he called out to them, friends, have you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large numbers of fish. Then the disciple who Jesus loved said, Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped him in outer gar his outer garment around him for he had taken it off, jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. Awkward. Jesus told his disciples that he would come back from the grave in three days. And what I really thought was awkward is this, and what I would really feel is awkward. Imagine Jesus finds us doing what he found us doing in the beginning. How awkward is that? After Jesus died, these gentlemen made a decision in the middle 
to go back and to do what we used to do. But as I was reading the passage, the Lord began to speak to my heart even more. And as I was reading, I don't know if you remember, but Jesus said, gentlemen, have you caught anything? And the answer was nothing. And when, as the Lord began to speak to my heart, in the midst of the awkwardness, when we find ourselves going back to what we used to do, we get the same results we used to get. Nothing. But Jesus said, hey, take your net and throw it on the right side. And as they threw it on the right side, they caught, and they, that, this is just simple stuff to me, man. I was just like, we need to do things the right way. If we begin to do things the right way, the catch that God has for us. But in the awkwardness, if we continue to return back to what we used to do, we're going to get the same results. But when we begin to do things the right way, God will fill our nets. He will fulfill our desires and our dreams and the visions. And forget our desires, the dreams that he has over us. And it's so much greater than what we have. But it's the awkwardness, the awkwardness. They went back to fishing. Peter jumped out the boat, swam to Jesus. How awkward is that? Sometimes I think about this moment as anybody ever had a girlfriend or a boyfriend? And you see that person later on? You bump into them. You know that awkward feeling? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, can't run now. I wish, I wish I could go that way, but they see me coming. I guarantee you, when, G, when Peter saw Jesus, I bet there was a, I know they said he jumped out the boat, but I wonder what he was thinking when he was swimming through. What, what am I going to say? I'm sorry. But I love it. Jesus prepared the meal for them. God understands our awkwardness. Awkwardness is cool because that means that there's change taking place. Awkwardness means that there's growth. Awkwardness, awkwardness is a good place. Complacency, I believe, in our Christian walk, that there should be many awkward moments. Because awkwardness means that we're growing, we're steady growing. I'm telling you, I'm the king of awkwardness. Because God continued to put me in places where I feel awkward. I sit on a board for the Assembly of God in Illinois, and I'm the only black person on the board. How awkward is that? But the truth is, when I was in New York, I sat on a board, and I was the only black guy on that board too. So awkwardness is like, people like, this guy keeps talking, and he's, he seems, he's comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable now in awkwardness. And I believe as we meet God, in these awkward moments, we begin to get comfortable. Crystal, come here, Crystal, stand up with me. Come on, I ain't going to ask you to preach. I just want to use you as an illustration. Come on. Come on, Crystal, don't act like this. This is Crystal. This is my street team leader. Amen. Crystal didn't know, but she put me in an awkward position a few weeks ago. Don't go there because I want them to see your face. But we were on street team, right, Crystal? We had a team from Evangel Girls, right? And we was on 71st Street. 
for some reason, it felt like the Lord put 71st Street on my heart because I seen a bunch of guys just hanging out. I said, we got to go there. So while we're on 71st Street, right, Crystal? There's a gentleman in the middle of the street with his hand in his band. And he's standing there like this. <laughs> so Crystal stops walking. But she look, I look at her because she's the leader. Even though I'm the pastor, when we're on the streets, she's the leader. So whatever she tells me to do, I do. So I look at Crystal. And I swore Crystal went like this to me. When you go like this to me, that means go get him. So even in the awkward moment, this guy got his hands in his band. And, and Crystal goes, Crystal, did you do that? You didn't do that. So I'm seeing things. I remember Crystal going like this. So I go to the guy. And he was drunk, right? So I go to him and I say, hey, can I pray for you? And he said, yes, you can pray for me. So Crystal's going to be me. So I said, extend your hand. So he extends his hand and I grab his hand and he gets on his knees. And, I, and I'm praying for him, right? And while I'm praying for him, he's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now the guy is obviously drunk. Crystal, is this true? So I'm praying for the guy. She told me to get him, so I'm getting him. So I'm praying for him, and he's thanking Jesus, and I'm praying God to deliver him and protect him. And all right, Crystal. And as Crystal is, as we're praying for him, another gentleman comes up. I'm like, oh, two for one. You are awesome, God. So this guy's sitting there like this. You can't see my face over there. So I'm like, he's... God is going to do something amazing in his life. And as soon as I said, in Jesus' name, amen, the other guy grabs the dude by the throat, pulls out his knife. It's like, I'm going to kill you. Awkward. Awkward. So now I'm thinking for a moment, what should I, what shall I do in this moment? Obviously, I'm bigger than this other guy. I, I'm pretty sure, and he's kind of drunk too. So I'm, even though he got the knife, I think I could take him. Right? So I'm thinking maybe I'm taking her on street team. Yo, she, she's for real. She's real crystal. Remember her face? She's like, yeah, take him. What's your background? Where, where you from? <laughs> oh, man. Just, I thought I saw you before. 26 in California? Yeah. <laughs> she ain't from 26 California? She don't know what that is? You, you want, <laughs> But the guy pulls out his knife, and he's like, I'm going to kill you. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just, and I discerned that he wasn't going to kill him. He was just trying to scare him. And me and this other guy, there, crystals across the street. She didn't come and get me. She didn't nod for me to move. She just, stay there, Pastor Moody. You got this. But it was an awkward moment. And the gentleman, he let him go, and they were friends, and it was all good. But it's in those awkward moments where God is able to do things. And um, I don't want to have another moment like that. But it taught me a lesson of God's protection. It taught me in that awkward moment that, you know what, when, when I'm doing the work of the Lord, I don't have to be afraid of what block I'm going to go on, who I'm going to minister to, who I'm going to speak to. That God 
has put me in awkward positions. Now that I feel comfortable in those positions, then I minister anywhere in Inglewood. Because of those awkward moments, it doesn't matter. God has shown me that he's still there. God is able to use our awkwardness. When Peter saw that Christ resurrected, imagine what Peter felt like. Listen to what Jesus said to Peter. He said, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. In the awkwardness where Peter ran away and denied Christ, God used that moment to reinstate him. To tell him even in the awkwardness, even in your denial, I'm still able to use you. Don't ever think God cannot use you because you feel awkward. I'm here to challenge you in your awkwardness. I'm the king of awkward. Why? Because I have a lot of moments. But in your awkward moments, that's where you will find your confidence, not in you, but in God. That his word is true. That his word is perfect. I want to show you a video. I want to share a story with you of why we came to Chicago. And in the awkwardness, if we made a decision, if my wife made a decision to say, no, we're not going there because this is too awkward, there's some lives that wouldn't be changed. Some of you guys know our church, you've been to our church, but some of you may not know the stories of the people who we minister to. The folks who we minister to are not just broken, but they have been crushed. And this is a story of Rosalind, and she shares her story, and she wants me to share with everyone. She'll come and ask you, did you see my video? Because she wants you to know how you serve the people on the south side of Chicago. Could you play Rosalind's story? Rosalind allows us to share this video. It was actually Rosalind and um, a gentleman by the name of Terrence has a real good, good relationship. And he sat down with her and he said, I want you to share your story so that you could paint the needs. And the south side of Chicago, there's people who's broken. There's people who've been crushed. And Rosalind is just one of the many stories that you hear sometimes People try to figure out how, it is, how is it that we could minister to these needs. And the truth is that only the power of God is going to change Rosna's life. Only the power of God. But God allowed us to come to this place and put us in this position. Because awkwardness will put us in a position for God to use us. And I share this story because God has placed us in a position to minister to Rosalind. And sometimes in the awkwardness, we don't want to go. Sometimes we don't want to stay. But what I realized that in the awkwardness, even in the awkward position that God has placed us there so that we could serve other people. A few weeks ago, my wife spoke to Rosalind and said, hey, I was at a church service and somebody wants us to do something nice for you. Let's make a date. And my wife said, we're going to go doll you up. We're going to do you here. 
Another gentleman, Terry, said, I'm going to get some clothes for you. Another lady from another church said, I'm going to do her makeup, and we're going to make Rosalind look beautiful. And my wife, they took her out, and can you put the picture up of Rosalind? I preached the message, and under the mud, there's a masterpiece. And that's the masterpiece. That Rosalind is created in the image of God. And sometimes God puts us in this awkward position. But I'm telling you, if we would just stay the course, if we would just trust God, if we would just believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, that God, even in the awkward positions, could change lives. Now, Rosalind's not delivered yet, but Rosalind got a piece. She got a taste of who she really is, of what she really looks like. And Oasis, I want to thank you. You're a big part of what we do. You help us to endure in those awkward times. The awkward times when people's pulling out knives. In the awkward moments where people are drunk or, or high or, or JP got to witness or demanding. Your pastor's rough. I just want you to know. At the breakfast, a gentleman said, this is it, one pancake? <laughs> pastor JP said, you should be grateful you got one. But it's true. I'm going to close with this gentleman. I don't know if you know about Jabez. But Jabez was a man who was placed in an awkward position. Jabez's name and translation meant pain. And Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. It's in those awkward moments. It's in those awkward places that God want to position you. That we would be the ones that will relieve people from pain. We all have a beginning and we all have an end. But what really matters is what we will do in the middle. I'm going to pray for you tonight. And I want to pray that God would help you through the middle passage. As you're navigating this life through those awkward moments that you would stand up and that you would trust God. That his blood is enough. What he has done for you is enough. And that God will use you. If you're able, stand with me. If anyone is having a hard time in this middle passage, I'm, a, I'm afraid, I don't know what you're doing. God will strengthen you. If there's anyone in this room who's having a hard time with their faith, God, could you really use someone? Like, if, listen, if he could use me, he definitely could use you. I didn't believe in God. My wife grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church. I used to say there is no God. I didn't know anything about being an atheist or an agnostic. I didn't know about that stuff. All I knew was that the people in my life who said that they believed in God was doing the same things that I was. And I just made up my mind, God must not exist. 
Because what I do know about this God is that he's supposed to be good and that he is supposed to be amazing. But I was radically saved over a Bible track. And God continues to put me in awkward positions so that other people would know, if I could use this awkward dude, I could use you. <laughs>